when we operate out of scarcity, you it's the belief that you're never going to have more. Mm-hmm. Or when you spend, that money is not going to come back in. Yeah. So when you're operating your business like that, your business stays in scarcity. It stays in poverty. It doesn't grow. Mm-hmm. You don't make any money from it. You're always worrying. Um, and then it becomes a burden. Yeah. And so it's really stepping out on faith. And, and operating in a mindset of abundance. Yeah. Realizing that when I spend it out, it's coming back double. Like, And when you understand that, you don't clench on to things. Yeah. Your hands are open. You can give. If I give something away, it's okay because mm-hmm. it's going to come back. I right. always know that there's always going to be a well. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to be able to dip my bucket in and bring things back. And so when I start learned how to mentally shift my mind to a mindset of abundance, Everything else flowed behind it. Get your water and keep some wine. I should have had some wine. With exposure, execution, and consistency, there is nothing you can't do. Just keep planting. I am creating a Patreon. A Patreon is essentially like an exclusive community supporters. Their fans, they come in one area and they get extra stuff. So I have three different tiers and it is a membership. So you have to pay a small fee per month to be a part of the Patreon. But what I am giving compared to what you have to pay per month, pennies compared to what I am giving. Please click the link in the description box. I am so, so, so excited. It's just going to be so dope. And like I said, if you like my free content now, baby, the Patreon if you're on YouTube, you can see what I'm doing. But if you're listening on podcast, I'm basically saying like, it's just up a whole nother level. Hey y'all, thank you so much for tuning back into another episode on the Responsible Homegirl podcast. I am Kiani, the Responsible Homegirl. And this is a space that I have created so young adults can become financially responsible and wealth conscious. And the way that I do that is by one, sharing financial education and two, interviewing amazing entrepreneurs who are building their wealth through business. So if y'all have been rocking with me for a little while, y'all know that I have a series called Think Like a Mogul where I interview entrepreneurs who are either from South Carolina or live in South Carolina just so that they can share their stories. I want us to expose or I want to expose the greatness that we have in our own backyard because it is so easy for us to glamorize what people have going on in other places. Exactly. When we have gems in South Carolina, we have amazing people who are doing the work in the trenches and really making their dreams and their visions come to life. So today I have no other than Miss Jessica Renee. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're welcome. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I just want to say thank you for having me. I'm super excited about this. Um, it's just like segueing into this platform that is about to explode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All of that. So y'all, for one, we are inside of her boutique right now and immediately when I walked in, I was like, oh my gosh, this boutique is so nice. So we're going to get into all of that stuff and how she built her business from the ground up. But most importantly, I want you all to learn from her mindset and how she thinks like a mogul. So y'all know on every podcast episode, I always ask my guests, can you tell me an irresponsible financial decision that you've ever made? (sighs) Tell you one? (laughs) (laughs) The reality is there have been so many. Um, I was a shopaholic. Mm. So um, 
I would I had so much credit card debt. Mm-hmm. I would spend my account to zero shopping, 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 shopping. And what I had to realize um, in order to heal myself from that is figure out why I was doing it. Yeah. And the reason why I was doing it is because um, it was almost like a how people, when they get in a depressed state, they eat. Yeah. I shopped. So the shopping would validate me mm-hmm. uh, as a sense. Like um, if I had on nice clothes, if I had on this, if I spent my money, then for that instant gratification, I would feel good and I would feel Talk better about, about myself. Um, but it, it caused me a lot of debt. Like, mm-hmm. you know, as a hairstylist, when I was uh, first starting, I was making about $2,500 a week back, what, 15, 16 years ago. Right. So that was like money, money. Yeah. And I don't have anything to speak for it. Like, you would never know I made that amount of money. Yeah. Because there's nothing. There's no investments. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even still own even the bags that I bought. Like, yeah. I just spent money just to spend it. I would spend four or $500, and I'm like, oh, I go to work tomorrow. I get it back, which was a good thought process, but Mm -hmm. wrong actions taken right behind it. Right, that story resonates a whole lot with me because my mom is a hairstylist, and in our episode, she talked about how hairstylists they make a whole lot of money, Mm -hmm. but they also spend a whole lot of money. Yes, yes. And I want you all listening, and I always ask that question to my guests because I have a brand called the Responsible Home Girl, but I didn't just arrive here. Like, right. it took me spending money. Like, it took me buying all of these clothes and, like you said, not having nothing to show for it to say, I'm 21. I don't want to be living paycheck to paycheck. Exactly. I don't want to be facing eviction. I don't want to be doing this stuff. So sometimes it takes, like, something in you to wake you up. Right. Another thing that I like that you said was this sense of instant gratification. So can you talk a little bit about, like, how you even like got over it because it's easy for us to you know splurge and spend but it's hard to kind of say no I don't need that right now right so um anytime we're doing anything instantly it's because you feel like there's a void that you need to feel like right now Mm -hmm. in that moment in that space and so I talk a lot about healing like healing from past traumas healing from things and so it, it took me to understand, like, why did I feel like I needed to have it now? I felt like I needed to have it now because if I didn't get it now, I wasn't going to be able to get it later. Mm. Um, and that was something, like, my mindset, that was a poor mentality. Yeah. And so I had to, to shift my mind from having a poor mentality to literally having a rich mentality or a mentality of abundance. Not just financially, but in my life. Yeah. And so... Once I was able to kind of maneuver and get through that, and I really only got it just building a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Because um, without that, I still wouldn't figure know, like, what my value was. Yeah. And, and, you know, I wouldn't have the faith to say, okay, he's going to really take care of this thing, and he's going to make provisions for me. Yeah. Um, And then there were no goals. Like, I was not working towards anything. Yeah. And so because there was, there was no plan... Uh, set in stone Mm -hmm. there was no vision I was just out here wandering aimlessly and so I need this now I need this now because I'm I'm not gonna feel this way Mm -hmm. and when I learned how to operate in delayed gratification like okay do you want to nickel and dime and get this right now or do you want to sit in it work in it and then you can get something even greater later that was I was like 
Yeah. Never thought about that. <laughs> and like, with ease. Yeah. Never thought about that. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I bought um, the first car that I just wanted to buy because I wanted to buy. Mm-hmm. And before I was just buying what I could afford, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and to be at a point now where the affordability wasn't the issue, mm-hmm. it was really like, what do you want? Yeah. That is a great place and I'm like okay I'm glad I went there because you know I, I mean I call her uh Pearl mm-hmm. my 2013 Honda Accord rolling <laughs> I know that's right <laughs> rolling in these streets and yeah there were, I wanted other things and I was like nah nah mm-hmm. I gotta put this money in my business I yeah. have to put this here I have to do these things um and then now it's like oh girl just go get what you want right and, and be happy about your purchase you yeah know? I love that and I feel like it takes just a level of self-awareness to get to that yes. place because yes. before I like actively sought God and started building my relationship with God like my identity was wrapped up in so Ooh. much stuff that did not matter yes so can we talk about that a oh little my bit <laughs> I think it's important that people know that the money that you have in your bank account the pretty clothes that both of us have on the lashes that we wear the makeup on our face none of that really how am I trying to say this none of that like really validates us like we're worth more than all of this stuff right so can you talk a little bit about like your journey with self-awareness and identity and stuff like that so when I tell this people people are like no way I was the most insecure lack of self-confidence person Mm. you would ever meet I didn't feel I was I felt that I was pretty I didn't think I had what it took to be at the top like even in the hair industry when I look back now, I'm like, girl, you were bad. Like, yeah. how did you not see that, yeah. that you were bad? But it was just my insecurities, always measuring myself and comparing myself to other people. Yeah. And when we sit in a place where we're always doing that, mm-hmm. we're always going to be in a place of insecurity because you're never going to measure up to anybody else because that's them. Yeah. And understanding that I am who I am. Right was really a game changer for me. My favorite book was Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. The book of Jeremiah really was the book that really transformed my mindset. Yeah. Like, when it says, when God says, you are who I said you are, mm-hmm. and I knew who you were before you were created in your mother's Like, that sat with me. I yeah. was like, what? Like, <laughs> I was thinking this thing, you know, all wrong. Um, and I, I did a few things. I stripped the clothes away. I stripped the makeup away. Wow. I stripped everything away that I felt that I had identity in. Like, mm-hmm. I felt that made me. When I looked in the mirror, I said, I no longer only want to feel like I'm pretty mm-hmm. when I have on makeup. Ooh. Um, I want it to be a, a tool. The clothes are a tool. Yeah. The makeup is a tool. Those are just things that enhance. Yeah. It's not what creates. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I had to get into a place where I was learning to love myself. Yeah. And I just talked about it this morning. For real? It was crazy, <laughs> yes. And I was telling people, you got to get in a place, you got to spend some time with yourself. You got to mm-hmm. date yourself. I said, I, I guarantee you, the majority of the people who are watching this live, if I ask you who you were, you would give me a whole bunch of titles because you validate yourselves within those titles. So yeah. if we strip those away, who are you really? Yeah. And so when you start to really understand who you are, how you're made, the things that you don't like about yourself, the things yeah. that you do like about yourself, and you really start to say, hey, I really am wonderful. Like, right. that 
that confidence starts to come and it's not a cocky confidence it's a I know who I am in God yeah and no matter who comes to try to change that I'm gonna be who I'm gonna yeah, be yeah it's so natural yeah so why not walk in you, your body posture changes mm-hmm. you, you walk a different way yeah. you're no longer intimidated um by people and last night I was sitting in my kitchen and I'm, I'm always like in deep thought my husband was like what you thinking about now? <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's just me and God just having conversations. Mm-hmm. But I was like, why do people feel like they need the extra things? It's the it's the reason why they spend and don't have money to get designer. I love designer. Right. But I don't love designer. I don't think designer validates me. Talk up. I talk like about designer it. because it's fashionable. And I'm not going to buy anything because it's Gucci or because it's Prada. And I'm right. not going to not shop in Target or Walmart because it's Target and Walmart. Right. Like, I buy what I like mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, that's dope. Yeah. That's going to work here. Or I like this. Not because it's what it is. Exactly. And that comes from understanding that designers doesn't mean you made it. It doesn't mean you rich. It doesn't mean you have it. That's that's the, the branding that the designer sells. Absolutely. And a lot of people get trapped in that. Even celebrities who have so much money, you look at them their identity is trapped into the designer. I got money. Mm-hmm. I got to let you know I got money. Yeah. I got to let you know I'm here. And I'm like, I'm looking at all of these people who are coming from, like, you. we look at them like they have it all together. And I'm like, they are so insecure. Mm-hmm. They are so insecure because it doesn't matter what you can afford. And you can see it. Yeah, you can. You can see it. Yep. <sighs> Y'all, this is just the beginning. <laughs> This is just the beginning, but I love everything that you're saying because it's so true. And so many people stroll from that. They can't get ahead right. because they're in this rat race. Yep. They're too busy like seeking other people's validation and thinking about what other people think of them instead of really getting fine-tuned on who I am. Right. And one time I was listening to a podcast, and it hit me over my head. It said, you are not what you do. Mm. And for so long... In school, like, I was even thinking, like, oh, you become a doctor, you become a dentist. It's just, like, this, it's this level of, I don't know, like, status yeah, or just. echelon. Yeah. Like, I'm here. So, when you said, like, if you ask somebody, who are you, and they just list off all these titles, that's not who you are. You get to create and you get to produce as a product of knowing who you are. But right. what you do is not who you are. Yeah. I love that. You get to create and produce. I love oh, that is good. That's yeah, good. girl. I, I literally good. learned that by listening to a podcast and I'm just like, Wow, get me together. It convicted me. Right. It got me together because I don't know well, you do know, like we get a lot of our beliefs and our thoughts from just, you know, society, yes. culture. Oof. And all of those things aren't true. Yeah. Yeah. Systematic oppression. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna <laughs> We're not gonna get there today. We're not gonna well, we may, we may, we may. But let's get into the podcast episode. Can you tell my community who you are, how you grew up, and what kind of shaped you into becoming this entrepreneur that you are today? All right. So I am the Jessica Renee. I used to leave out the the, but I'm not leaving that out anymore. I am the Jessica Renee, the one and only. I'm a military child, so I got here in 90. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of my childhood, just not my staple childhood years, weren't spent here. Uh, but pretty much I grew up here in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Um, I grew up from a crazy upbringing. And I'd say that is because for the first eight years of my life, 
I lived in a wealthy state mm. um, where my parents always had it. Whatever we want, we had. Um, we want, we would get it. Christmas, I'm talking about like the presents up the Christmas tree. Yeah. Just overflowing to a place where my parents didn't have anything um, to a place of poverty. Wow. So, um, you know, and, and they just make it, trying to make ends meet. I remember one Christmas, my parents had to go to, um, I think the Toys for Tots. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we got the last bit of picked over. And I was, I was the one year I realized, like, dang, I think I'm poor. Mm -hmm. Like, not poor, poor, but like, you know, we got a house and lights and, and things like that, but we barely making it. Something changed. Yeah, something changed. And, um, you know, that was a struggle for my dad mm. because he was so used to being able to provide. Yeah. Um, and when he got out the military, it's like, what now? And so we went through so many changes with him. And as I'm saying this, I'm like, dang, this is a revelation for me too, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so a lot of my relationship with him wasn't great. Mm -hmm. But now as I'm thinking about it, talking to you, you know, he was just figuring out his own thing. Like, yeah. as a man, that, got, that has to be hard. Mm -hmm. And so figuring that out. And so um, I was in school and a boy, which has happened to be my boyfriend. Wow. Picked on me because I had on Wrangler jeans from Walmart. Like, I walked up in the front of the class to turn a paper in, and he was like, Jessica got on Wrangler jeans. No, Jordash. Was it Jordan? Yeah, Jordan. I was so embarrassed. Everybody wow. started laughing. I went home and literally cut all the little labels off my jeans. And I was like, the first chance I get a job, I'm going to get a job, and I'm going to buy what I want to buy. And that's where the shopping addiction like came from. So wow. um, all of that... You know, I got that under control, but I still love fashion. So I'm glad it happened because it, it really was the thing that ushered me into this world of, of fashion. Yeah. Um, but I started to, I went to school to be a um, psychologist. Okay. Um, so I stopped, I ended up just graduating with a degree in clinical psychology mm -hmm. um, from the University of South Carolina. Go Cox. Um, <laughs> and was like this ain't what I want to do <laughs> mm, it wasn't given it, it wasn't so hair I went back in you know hair full-time mm -hmm. um and that was my platform hair was the thing that I needed to grow and to evolve into what is now so I'm, I'm so thankful for that um and as I started going through that a light bulb switched I think I was like 30 what am I now 39 it's about 36 Mm -hmm. I realized I said I don't know who I am Wow! I started to resent my husband I started to resent my children and everybody around me who was doing what they wanted to do and mm -hmm. I felt like I'm like I'm just always catering to everyone else I'm Ooh. not doing what what it is that I want to do mm -hmm. so um, I went on this self discovery thing and, and it was rough you know we, we came through a patch where my husband and I didn't know if we were going to make it because I was just evolving into this person and he was evolving into another person and no one told us. Yeah. We change. Mm -hmm. And you gotta learn how to relove that person. Yeah. Um so we, we figured it out. Mm -hmm. Um and it really catapulted me into women in entrepreneurship. Like that became 
my baby because that was my pain point. Like, how do I exist as a woman, mm -hmm. you know, with the children, the husband, um, everybody always calling to me, but still fulfilling what it is that I want to fulfill. Yeah. So my pain was my, turned into my purpose. I love that. Um, and so now I'm coaching and I'm helping women entrepreneurs, like, become the best them. Mm -hmm. And so as I look back at everything that I went through, you know, like being evicted from a salon, being stabbed in the back by people, I'm thankful for it. Yeah. Like to be in a place where those things no longer hurt, mm -hmm. where I'm in a place of gratitude because if they had happened, I wouldn't know what I know. I wouldn't be where I am. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just thankful. So I'm a boutique business coach mm -hmm. and I define boutique as a small business that specializes in a particular product or service gotcha. so it doesn't necessarily have to be clothing but if mm -hmm. you have something to sell yeah and you want to build upon that <laughs> one thing I can do yeah is sell I've been told you can literally sell me my own shoes I'm screaming <laughs> <laughs> and I was like huh <laughs> you get there. Okay, right. Let's let's capitalize on that. Yeah. So I love that. So let's take it back a little bit because I want to unpack what you just told me. So we're gonna skip past the family part. Um but as a stylist, mm -hmm. what gave you like that knack for hair? Like were you already doing hair or did you go to hair school like after college? I was I always like hair, I was always intrigued. Mm-hmm. From a little girl, um, I was a tomboy, mm. but I wanted Barbie dolls to cut up the hair and curl it. Oh wow! So my mom would get mad because her curl and I would always have the <laughs> melted hair on it. Yeah. I'm gonna stop buying you these. All you do is cut the hair up <laughs> and melt it, but not even knowing that that was soon to be one of my passions. Like right. we don't realize. What you're born with, you, you're born with. Mm -hmm. Like, people don't understand that. Cause yeah. How can you be five and six years old and look at a Barbie doll and be so intrigued with right. the hair? Um, and so, you know, I my mom is an avid client. Like, she is a every hairstylist's favorite client. <laughs> yes, when she didn't have no money, she would make sure <laughs> she had money to get her hair done. Like, Faithful. I've never seen her not have her hair done. Mm -hmm. Um so I I grew up in that like being with her in the salon and I just loved being there. Um and then I started had a little sister and I was like, "Huh, a real baby doll." You know, we're <laughs> 9 years apart. So I get to practice on real hair. Right. So just braiding her hair and and doing her hair and then my mom used to always roller set my aunt's hair. Mm -hmm. And then she started making me do it. Yeah. And I'm just like Ugh. You was getting your training. Yes. And this lady, my aunt has hair like to her waist. Wow. So needless to say, when I went into cosmetology school, I was one of the fastest roller setters. Like <laughs> I could roller set some hair. Yeah. Um, but I already had the training. Mm -hmm. And so I just went from that to friends coming over, me doing friends' hair, to me having my own little side business going on. That was my extra money because I played sports. Mm -hmm. So I really couldn't work. So just doing micro braids and so this was in high school. High school. Oh wow. Yeah, I was in my mama's kitchen, mm -hmm. micro braiding, giving French rolls, finger waves. All of doing, it. Doing <laughs> um, ponytails when you got to rod the hair up and put it in the microwave. Like mm -hmm. I had my own little business going on at that time. 
Um, and then I went to college. I went to Coastal for a year on a track scholarship. I came back, you know, for love. Okay. <laughs> I'm still like, I probably could have went to the Olympics. But that's neither here or there. Um, but I came back and went to school here, and it was like hair kept calling me. Yeah. My dad used to tell me, you know, no, you can't go to hair school because you're too smart for that. Really? So I already had this perception that because I was smart, I shouldn't be doing hair. Mm -hmm. But I was like, man, this is my life. I got to live it. You know, at this point, the the decisions that I make now are going to affect me as an adult, and you ain't going to have nothing to do with them. So yeah. I'm going to hair school. Went to my aunt, who I was rolling setting her hair for all those years. Mm -hmm. She gave me the money to start hair school. Wow. Yeah, so just, you see how all of those things kind of just, yeah you know, flowed. I was rolling that hair and then she invested mm -hmm. um, in me going to hair school. Right. And so I left my, in the mid-semester mm. at Midlands Tech because they told me if I was late, they were going to kick me out the program. So I had a decision to make. Do you stay in college mm -hmm. or do you go to hair school? I chose hair school. Yeah. Did that, graduated, was able to work full-time as a, went straight into booth renting, working full-time as a hairstylist um, would that allowed me to go back to school because mm -hmm. I have a flex schedule, I have money coming in, yeah. So I went back to get my degree, and I'm talking about now that by this time I'm married, I got a baby, wow, and I'm in college. Like, I went to take finals with my firstborn. Talk about work ethic, yeah, in, in the stroller. And I was like, Look, I don't have anybody to babysit him during this final time, mm -hmm. can I bring him? And they were like, well, is he going to cry? Or I was like, nah, he good. <laughs> Period. And they let me bring, I was on USC campus. I know people were like, look at this unfit mama. <laughs> but <laughs> but I didn't that care, matters, right? right? I didn't care. Me and my baby, we were right up there mm -hmm. because I wanted it. Yeah. I, I saw the vision and I wanted it. Yeah. And I, I say I didn't use the degree, but I am because mm -hmm. the, the whole background in psychology really helps me now with my coaching. It helped me talking to people behind the chair. So, like, everything happened the way it happened. And yeah. I was like, I needed you to get that. Mm -hmm. And you didn't need to be labeled as a psychologist or a psychiatrist. You got what I needed you right. to get to do what you do. Yeah, and you hit my point before I was even able to touch it because I asked you that because I see how it has all come full circle. Mm -hmm. Like I told you earlier, my mom's a stylist. So people get in y'all chair and they dump yes. so much on y'all. Yes. So from you being a stylist, you getting your degree in psychology, now you are coaching people, you have to interact with people that come mm -hmm. inside of your boutique. It's just like was everything was just setting you up. It was. Yeah. It 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 literally was. And I think if people just take a moment to sit back mm -hmm. and make connections, yeah. They won't be so uptight they'll actually right. be in a place of gratitude like wow man and then you really realize i'm doing what i'm supposed to do anyway yeah. like that's i just it's the the feeling behind that yeah it's so freeing like yeah. to walk around and not have anything mm -hmm. sitting here is is amazing i love that so now talk to me about this pivot from hair to now owning a boutique because Ooh. I know it's very hard to like sometimes have something established and walk away from it to build something new. Girl, when I tell this story, like I still get like <laughs> chills. Um, I had a boutique before 
Okay. In 2018, it was very short-lived wow. because I just jumped in it. I didn't do any research, studying. I didn't take any classes, no coaching, no nothing. And, of course, it showed. Like, <laughs> Of it, course it showed. It was gone as quickly as it came. Wow. Um, and so, but people just kept, are you ever going to open your boutique back? Like, people saw something I didn't see. Mm -hmm. You know, open it back, and I was like, absolutely not. Wow. Been there, done that, so gone. Fast forward. Um, what's this, 2022? So mm -hmm. 2020, towards the end of 2020, one of my dear friends, she was like, yeah, so when are you going to start that boutique back again? And I, I like, she's my spiritual mother. And, yeah. you know, when she says things, it, it holds weight. And I'm like, <laughs> girl. The strong eye roll. Yes, I was like, uh-uh, because it was still a place of hurt. Yes. I looked at it as a failure. Mm. So she asked me that. And then... Um, a lady came in my inbox, and uh, not a lady, she's a prophetess, uh, and she asked me if I could, she was selling bags, could I share it with my community? I said, sure, no problem. So but let me look at this link first, because, you know, I'm real particular about what I put my name on. Absolutely. I was like, oh, okay, the bag's cute. Yeah, yeah. I'll share it with my community. Mm -hmm. And then she says, Emma, I still have the message. In my, matter of fact, I'm going to pull it up and read it. Please do. Because I like to be very factual. And we love an authentic um, story. Let me see what's that messenger. It's so crazy yeah. how things just all work out. Yes. When you got back, uh, she got the receipts, y'all. I got receipts. <laughs> I like to tell the um, story really, really correct. Mm -hmm. um, all right, here it is. Um, so that's what she asked me about, the, you know, checking out her Facebook page, all of that. I said, absolutely. So she says, bless you, sweetie, and you keep pursuing your dreams for you are an entrepreneur and will own several businesses. Mm. This is May 26th of 2020. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it means, but I hear fashion and design, but also modeling your own line of something. Keep going. So my response is like, wow, amen. I'm like, I just launched my hair product line. Like, what are you talking about? Fashion? I'm like, wow. So I'm like, wow, amen. But it's still hell because I knew who I was talking to. But I'm still like, hmm, okay. Yeah. You know, let's not revisit. And then she said, much travel in your future. God is expanding your borders. April 30th of 2021, the boutique opened. So... That year coming into 2021, once again, that, that heaviness, mm -hmm. open this boutique, open this boutique. And I'm like, I don't want to open the boutique. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this. And it was like, you going to do what I tell you to do. Right. Open this doggone boutique. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do it. But this time I'm going to study. So I put in like a hundred plus hours mm -hmm. of really like understanding the industry, yeah. how to open it looking at how I opened my salons and things like that and, and mm -hmm. pulling in things that work. Um, and then also getting coaching, going to classes. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to open up this boutique and I'm going to launch it April 30th because my birthday's April 28th. Wow, so the 30th, my birthday's April 24th. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we vibe. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so, you know, that's a Friday, so we'll launch it, you know, for my birthday. Mm -hmm. And... On April the 9th, I had been getting, like, um, a big buzz about it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, Lord, this thing about to be big. Unintentionally? Yeah. Like, oh, wow. well, intentionally, unintentionally, because okay. I did have a marketing uh, scheme behind it. Like, I just, I was like, let me just kind of let people in on the journey mm-hmm. and, you know, get people excited. Yeah. But I didn't realize that it would be that much excitement. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. Yeah. So, on April 19th, I was sitting, laying in a hotel in Charlotte. And all that week, I was talking to one of my clients and I was like, I feel like I need to stop. Like something's telling me to stop doing hair and pursue this boutique full time. Wow. And I said, but you know, my clients and everything, and my client whipped around in the chair. She was like, let me tell you something. <laughs> Don't you worry about us, cause we gonna be all right. If God told you to move yeah. and he told you to do that, then you need to do that. Now I don't want to see you go, but I ain't standing in the way of God. So if he tell you to do it, do it. And I said, like, her saying that was like strong. I was like, wow, okay. And I said, all right, God, if you want me to do this, you got to throw a brick at my head. Because <laughs> I ain't moving unless, like, I know it's you. Because I've done that a before. A whole brick. Yeah, a brick. Like, a cinder block. Not a little brown one, but a cinder block. <laughs> and I wake up that morning, and I'm scrolling on Instagram, and I see this girl at her photo shoot, and she's playing, and the caption is like, my team says I'm supposed to be working, but I play too much. Mm-hmm. And I started laughing because I'm like, that's what they say about me too because I just I always like play. Yeah. And I said, let me see who this girl is. So I clicked her. It was a boutique. I clicked it, and I saw her name was Jay Renee. So interesting. Mm-hmm. So I click on her name, and I'm like, okay. So I'm just looking at some of her videos because I'm already intrigued because I stopped, and I was like, oh, she's similar to me. Right. Now we got the same name. Let me go research. Who this person is. is. Not knowing when I clicked follow, she was like, let me go research who this person is. So we're both researching. Yeah. And I come across a video, and she was talking about the influential women. And I saw um, she had three of mine, Madam C.J. Walker, um, Oprah Winfrey, Michelle Obama. She didn't have Beyonce, but Beyonce's on my list. Yeah. And so I said, oh, let me watch this because I wonder why too. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them, I said, well, why Madam C.J. Walker for her? Like, she a boutique owner. Yeah. And she went on this whole spiel about, for those of you who don't know, I used to be a hairstylist. And I retired from being a hairstylist to start my own boutique. And I went, wow. Cinder block. Cinder block. And I said, God can't be any clearer than that. Right. So fast forward to that weekend, woke up in the hotel room, uh, did my devotion, and God said, shut your books down. Wait, wait. <laughs> wait. Not the money maker. I'm a hairstylist guy. You know how much money I make? Like, a full clientele. Yeah. Like, not a little baby, like, an overflow clientele. Mm-hmm. You want me to do what now? <laughs> shut it down. I hadn't even talked to my husband. He laying right here asleep. Wow. And he was like, I was like, I can't do that. And then it was a voice like, so you're not going to trust me? Mm. And I said, dang, good chick. So I went on there on my scheduling, and I shut every day down. Wow. And the text messages start coming in. Hey, are you that booked out? Because I'm trying <laughs> to get an appointment. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. So no, no letter, no, I'm doing this day. And I just said, I'm not doing here anymore. People were just like. Yo, but he said he he didn't give me permission to let anybody know because he knew I would have stayed in it. Yeah. Because I would have let my clients talk me into staying. Yeah. And I would have stayed. Um, and so I this was even before I launched. So was I'm like, there any fear attached to that? A lot. Mm-hmm. I, I panicked. There was a lot of anxiety with it. 
but there was a lot of calmness too because mm-hmm. um, every time the anxiety came it was like God was like I got you it's, mm-hmm. I got you so I was alright I was like okay so when I launched my first launch I did $3,700 wow and I said oh, what like this new like this is my first launch and this is big for somebody who stands behind the chair exactly. and has to use your hands and stand on your feet to make your money exactly and I was like okay so I was still slightly disobedient I kept about five clients <laughs> like these are my besties you know they've been rocking with me for a long time Mm -hmm. and then I started to get anxiety every time I walked in the salon the five clients turned into ten clients and it started to pick back up again and the day when I was working on someone's hair and they were just like they were being the most Mm -hmm. I've never had a client that was the most but they were picky to the hundredth degree yeah and I stood there for it seemed like an hour, but probably like 10 seconds, Mm -hmm. contemplating and trying to, whether I was gonna walk out the door. Like I was trying to keep myself, I was ready to grab my stuff and walk out the door with her sitting there, with the other clients in there and not telling anybody anything. And after that, and then my cousin died right after that. And I took a leave absence and I didn't come back. And God was like, I told you to shut it down. Mm -hmm. And when I completely left, everything started going. I meant just growing and growing and growing and growing. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then it was like people were, we need to try on stuff. Can we, do you have, everybody kept saying, do you have a brick and mortar? Do you have? And I was like, well, maybe it's time to open a brick and mortar. Yeah. But I was going to try to talk myself out of it mm-hmm. because it was like, nah, I just opened this. This is too soon. And I can and see, it's like, who told you? Right. That? I can see God saying, Girl. You don't even know what I'm about to do. Girl. Like, <laughs> when you going to learn to move when I say move? Yeah. And so, I was just looking, and I've always wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. But I was like, nah, that costs too much. I know I can't afford that that broke mentality. Without doing no research. <sighs> no research at all. So, one day I was at the salon, and um, I told my mom, because that's where I was operating. And, you know, I set up a nice little corner mm-hmm. in the salon, turned my whole waiting room into the boutique. And I was like, I don't have a boutique yet, but I'm going to operate as if I have one. Absolutely. I turned a suite into my warehouse where we store everything. So it was like a little store in there. Yeah. Um, and I said, let's go down here to Sand Hill and look. We came down here. We looked. I passed this place. And my mom said, no, you need to come see this. Wow. And I was like, ah. She was like, no, come see this. Mm-hmm. And I looked in here, and I saw the boutique. Yeah. I said, Ma, this is it. I said, this is it. I said, now I got to go talk to Quincy. And he's going to be like, girl, we just moved and opened up this new salon. And now you're talking about you want to do, like. <laughs> but he was in agreement with it. Yeah. So anytime he's in agreement with it, I'm like, I know this guy right yeah. here. Like, got to be. And he was like, you know, if it, if, we, if the rent is under this amount, then it's a go. But if it's under that, over that, then no, we can't do that. And, um, and Quincy is your husband? Yeah, that's my husband. Okay. And when we met with the people, it was 4th of July, and the starting price was what he said the rent needed to be. That was prior to negotiations. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is This it. is meant to be. Yeah. And so I've done every business along with him. Mm-hmm. But this time they were like, well, since it's going to be hers, we want to see if we can do it just in her name by herself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, okay. 
But God had already been preparing me because during the pandemic, he said, get your finances in order. Yeah. So I had my business in order. I had my finances in order. They wanted to see three months of my bank accounts, mm-hmm. which I wasn't spending frivolously. So the money was there. Yeah. Everything worked out. God approved. Every, so I was like, this is really it. Came in, opened it up. The first two days, we made $8,000. Wow. I said, OMG. So from when I hit November, when I opened it up, I think I was at almost 50, 50 grand just from online. So mm-hmm. somewhere like 40, maybe somewhere between like 43 and 47 or something like that. And you that. had just opened in April. I just opened in April. And I said, my goal, I want to make $100,000. And I said, why did I write that? Oh, <laughs> now I got to make this happen. Like I, sh- I shouldn't have wrote that because I, yeah. I understand writing things. There are so many women who are out here sleeping on themselves and not doing what it is that they know that they need to do. I used to be one of those girls. Procrastinating, not showing up consistently, not being all who I know that I was created to be. This is exactly why I created my six month dateless planner called the For Executors Only Planner. This planner was designed with a girl just like me in mind. The girl who has big visions, big dreams, big goals, but needs to show up consistently and plan with intention. One scripture that I always refer to is Proverbs 21.5. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. What are you planning? What are you putting in action? Write your vision down on paper and manifest the life that you desire and that you deserve. The link is down below in the subscription box. Make sure you order the For Executors Only Planner and let's get right back into the episode. Yeah. Um, and so from that point to December thirty first, we hit that goal. Wow. So my end number ended up being uh one hundred thousand fifty eight dollars and seventy seven cents. Actually more than she that. She knows that to the yes. penny. I love it. Actually more than that because there were a couple transactions that weren't mm-hmm. that didn't go through the system. Mm-hmm. So I was like I met my goal. Yeah. So that showed me right there. So that was almost over fifty thousand yeah. dollars that I literally made in a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. Yeah. This is it. This this it. Yeah. Like, I I don't. People are like you miss hair? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, this is freedom. I enjoy being a boutique owner. Like, yeah. I'm living. That's what I like to do anyway. And just by me sitting beside you, I just feel so like, you know like how you can feel vibe? Yeah. And the vibe I feel is peace. Yes. It's just like so like, I feel like a lot of people sometimes they're in business and they worry a lot. Even me, myself, when I first started, it's just always like, oh, is this going to happen or is this going to happen? But just sitting beside you and hearing you talk, it's just like, you're at peace. Yeah, I don't worry at all. And every time I I start to like, oh, shoot, I got I said he keeps reminding me to stop operating out of scarcity. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? Yes. So when we operate out of scarcity, you it's the belief that you're never going to have more. Mm-hmm. Or when you spend, that money is not going to come back in. Yeah. So when you're operating your business like that, your business stays in scarcity. It stays in poverty. It doesn't grow. Mm-hmm. You don't make any money from it. You're always worrying. Um, and then it becomes a burden. Yeah. And so it's really stepping out on faith 
and and operating in a mindset of abundance. Yeah. Realizing that when I spend it out, it's coming back double. Okay. Like, and when you understand that, you don't clench on to things. Yeah. Your hands are open. You can give. If I give something away, it's okay because mm-hmm. it's going to come back. I right. always know that there's always going to be a well. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to be able to dip my bucket in and bring things back. And so when I start learned how to mentally shift my mind to a mindset of abundance, everything else flowed behind it. Yeah. Like, and not even just financially, like being happy, you know, like if something happened, why well, am I going to be mad about it for longer than five minutes? <laughs> right. Like it doesn't deserve that. Yeah. And understanding like I, I'm going to be 40 in April. Come on, 40. Like 40 where? Thank you. 40 where? <laughs> so I have a... I have a lot of years prayerfully, but it really ain't a lot of years. Yeah. And so why am I going to let something eat away at me? Because my mm-hmm. time is, is precious. It is valuable. So even in that moment, taking away that scarcity mentality, like letting go of things, yeah. just living, just, just being, just enjoying life. And we used to say this thing in high school, um, it be like that sometimes. Yeah. Like, we used to always say that it be like that sometimes. And as an adult, I really understood yeah. what I was saying. It be like that sometimes. Yeah. It's not all the time. Yeah. So, refocusing, like, this is not always going to be the situation. Mm-hmm. That's thinking in the mindset of abundance. Yeah. I have a high pain tolerance. Mm-hmm. Not because things don't hurt, but it's because I'm like, it's not going to last forever. Yeah. Like, it's going to be over so now my mind is focusing on the over, and before I know it, it's over, and it's yeah. there's no more pain. Just your level of faith throughout this conversation, like faith to leave yeah. a money-making career that you built for years. Yep. Faith to believe that this boutique was going to be all that God told, it, yep. told you it was going to be. Like, have and faith. Peace. I gave my salon away. Really? Yeah. Can you talk about that? Because I don't think people understand the power of giving and how important it is to yes. give. So, Michael Todd, uh, that's, <laughs> that's that's my internet pastor. Yeah. Um, and he's my internet pastor because he was one of the the, my, the way I think. Mm-hmm. God put some position somebody in front of me who thought like that too. Yeah. So I was like, <sighs> like. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, God, I see this. And, um, you know, that's when I, I started really tithing because I've really understood the concept of tithing. And so he was talking about this, the, you know, the crazy faith and, you know, how the church gives things away and right. all this stuff. And the salon was actually my security blanket. Mm. It was, okay, well, I'm not doing hair, but I still have the salon. Yeah. And I need to keep the salon because the salon can pay for this if this doesn't work. So, question, I don't want to cut you off, but you had people working in your salon? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I had a, a full staff, um, and my salon had got to the point where it was paying me. So, I was pulling in profit. And you gave that away? And I gave it away. Wow. We invested, I think, like 60, around 60000 mm-hmm. um, to get that salon up and built and started. And, um, you know, I talked to her, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get a percentage of it so I'm going to remain partnership and that's kind of how you'll buy in and when I was sitting there talking God said no you're, you're not going to you're going to give it away wow I said no <laughs> do what now <laughs> do what now you're going to give it 
oh wait, now I ain't even talk to my husband about this. Mm-hmm. I said, I gotta talk to my husband. He said, no, you don't. Because mm-hmm. you're gonna talk to your husband, and I told you something, I didn't tell him that. Yeah. So he gonna talk you off of it because he understands that my husband has my ear. Mm-hmm. So I gave it, I said, no. I said, I don't want anything. And she looked. And I said, no. Because it changed mid-conversation. Right. Wow. I said, no. And she was like, well, what about the percentages? I said, no percentage. I said, it's yours. Wow. It is yours. And, but this is a person who literally was with me since the beginning Mm -hmm. when we were in the hood with crackheads. (laughs) Never left. Never not paid me. Yeah. Always worked in that, that salon like it was hers. Every salon that we built, she was there day in and day night, mm-hmm. out with us, twenty four hours. And God literally said, "No, she she's she's invested in this. Yeah, she's already faithful. In it. You you give it to her." And it was more about me giving up my security. Mm-hmm. And He said, "No, I'm, you you talking about you got faith? I'm gonna make you walk in this system." <laughs> so that was because do you have it for real right right and so I was like all right and I did it now you know I had to deal with my husband and he was like so you and I was like no and I said well God told me to do it and I was obedient so however you feel or however this is I said he gonna work it out so I'm not even worried about it Mm -hmm. the next day he was like all right I'm done I'm not worried about it you know you did it but the impact behind that when she shared her story Cause you know I like Keaton's private, like really? I'm like yeah. I, I'm working on that. I'm working. Well, thank on you that. for being on this podcast. I feel special. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on that. And so I didn't really want to share that I gave it away, but that was her testimony, right? And so when she first released it, I was like, <gasps> she told me when I gave her the salon. Oh God. <laughs> but then the 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 comments, mm-hmm. like the impact, yeah. People are like you don't see this happening between two black women. Right. You don't see somebody just giving somebody this, and people are still talking. I just had a conversation with a girl. She was like, "Y'all just don't know how many people were affected by that. Like they'll never tell you, but I hear the conversations. Like yeah. that was dope. And so I'm like, "All right, God, right, you got it, you got it. Yeah. I I have no words. <laughs> I literally have no words." This is crazy, but it's supposed to be. It is. It, it is. is supposed to be. Crazy is something that cannot be humanly explained. Right. And God is crazy. Yeah. Like, people, my husband's like, stop saying crazy. I said, I don't mean crazy as an insane. Mm-hmm. I mean the other definition of crazy. Right. Like, there's no humanly possible way mm-hmm. that this could happen. Yeah. But it happened. And I feel like more of us, especially more young adults, like, we need to live a bit more crazier. Like, mm-hmm. we need to stop being so comfortable. Yeah. Because I just feel like the greatness is not where the comfortability it's is. It's not. It's and not. your story, it just shows that. Yeah, it's taking those risks and walking into the unknown or mm-hmm. being out in the deep with a rowboat. Yeah. And, like, don't let the storm, <laughs> let the storm come. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and it's it's amazing. And even though these the first two months were slow, and that's expected. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one thing I, I teach is that's this the reason why you have to understand, uh, build the foundation and understand your industry. Like hair, I knew when the slow times were going to be. I knew when the peak times were. Yeah. So when things were slow, I didn't stress. Mm-hmm. I already had storehouse. Yeah. I already understood what it was. But then I said, well, let me be a little creative 
and find some other ways to bring some things in. Right. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people were going crazy because the first two months in the retail industry was slow. Mm-hmm. And I was straight chilling. I was like, right. we're not going to be in this position for a long time, y'all. Mm-hmm. Like, we already know what it is after Christmas. Right. Like, you should have made way more Black Friday right, money than shopping. you needed during that season to yeah. float you through these next two months. Yeah. And I did. And I didn't spend it like, ooh, let me go buy this. No. Yeah. We we got stuff to do here. So with that, because I think it takes a level of responsibility and maturity mm-hmm. to be like chill when your business is doing slow. So can you just talk to my community about being prepared for entrepreneurship? Like everybody wants to jump into it, but what does it take to actually be successful and profitable? Oh, I just got excited. Let this me was say the question. Now, God is all up in this. Okay. So through all of that, me learning that, okay. God literally gave me a framework and it's called the blueprint. Design your six figure boutique blue uh, business blueprint. Mm-hmm. And there's six components to that. There's the planning, where we can't do anything without planning. Within that planning is the clarity. Yeah. You got to have vision and you got to understand what it is that you're doing. You have to prepare. Once you have this plan together, you know what it is that you're doing. What are the things that you're going to need in order to get there? What are the resources that you need? What are the mindset shifts that need to happen? Um, who do you need to talk to? Yeah. All of those things. And so now you're prepared and then it's the position. So being in position for when the opportunity comes you're already aligned, you're already set up, you're already ready. You don't have to scramble to get things together. And so once you do that, that's building your foundation. Now you have to go, or the foundation and the structure. Mm -hmm. Now you gotta work on the inside, your infrastructure. What does that look like? That is now you have to strategize. You know, what are my goals? What What do I need? Where are we gonna go? Let me create this strategy. Then um, you have to put the structure together. So if this is the the strategy that I need to do, what does this structure look like that I have to put within this? And then the systems. Mm -hmm. What systems do I need so that this runs efficiently so that it operates? Right. And so with all of those things, you literally design a blueprint that's going to help you get six figures. And I talk about six figures a lot because it's the threshold. Six figures is the, you know, when you're just making five figures and four figures, six figures seems like a lot of money. Yeah. And so you're working and you're working and you're trying to get to this six figure. But once you hit that six figure, your mind now is like, that's really not a lot of money. Yeah. But I did it. Mm-hmm. So if six figures seemed a lot, but I made it, six, seven figures is going to be a breeze. Like, mm. once you get past your six-figure threshold, seven figures doesn't seem like a lot anymore. You're like, that's possible. And then when you start breaking your numbers down, like, I break numbers down. So I know what I need to make every single day yeah. in order to hit a target that I'm shooting for. Mm-hmm. And so when you break the things down like that, you're like, it's easy. Like, I want to make half a million dollars just in my coaching business alone. Yeah. Saying half a million dollars seems a lot. Yeah. Breaking it down with all of my signature um, offers, I'm like, oh my gosh, 
I can do this. It's, it's, it's easy. Mm-hmm. Like, literally getting 10 people here, getting 10 people here, having 100 people in this, doing I'm like, all right, so let's work. Yeah. So I call it the, I got to get you to striving for the six figures. And a lot of people are like, but you got to reach the five figure, um, three figures and four figures first and five figures. Yeah, you do. So that's part of the yeah. elevation to six figures. But I don't want you to say I'm going to create your five-figure blueprint because you get stuck there. <laughs> Ooh. I don't want you to get stuck there. We're we're reaching here. So the goal is the six figures. Yeah. And we're going to take you through the steps of getting there. So you're going to get your three figures, your four, your five, your six. Now when you're at six, you have crossed over the threshold and it's like, oh, I got this. Like, wow. let's just duplicate what we're doing here to get that. Yeah. <sighs> Y'all. If you don't have your pen and your pad, I, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Let's just start off with the foundation. So I got out of the foundation the three Ps. And correct me if I'm wrong, but what I remember, planning, preparation, and then positioning. Correct. Now, I think a lot of people, they skip over that part. Yes. Because they're so in a rush to make a coin. Mm-hmm. But the last guest that I had, shout out to Ebony, I love her so much. She said, and she has a candle powerhouse. She said, women are natural born detectives. Like we have this intuition. Mm-hmm. So like the same energy that we put into creating fake page and figuring out if somebody doing this or just getting this information, put that same research into your business. Yep. And I feel like that foundation, it speaks to the research and the level of planning and stuff that you need Exactly. To start off. Exactly. The plans of the hasty leads to poverty. Mm. So when we rush into things, uh, the lack of planning, when we rush into things and we don't create a, a plan, and, it, and it, it's biblical. Yeah. It says if you plan, you plan something and then you give the plans to him, mm-hmm. it's going to lead you to your wealth. And wealth is not only inclusive of just money. Right. But this peace. Yeah. This, this joy. Yeah. Worry-free the ability to to recognize and dismantle stress mm-hmm. like that's wealth yeah um and so but when we try to rush it it doesn't turn out right mm-hmm. everything i've rushed has failed wow. everything i've planned has succeeded mm-hmm. and i'm like this was proven like yeah. you can't tell me anything different than that um and then you know i i say the ask you know asking it shall be given to you seek and you shall find and knock and the door shall be open. And yeah. if you look at it, the it, it, the first letter of each one of those verses actually spell out ask. Ooh. God is just always saying like, ask, 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 ask. Yeah. And then when you were saying about Ebony, I uh, last year I, I taught a cohort called P31. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was teaching the concept of the virtuous women in business. Um, and so we... People like to take the virtuous woman like, she. you got to cook it clean and take care of your family. That's not what she did. No, no, no. Like, no. I don't know what Proverbs 31 y'all reading, but it's not what it says in my body. This made it happen. She was a no boss. Excuses. Yes, she was a boss. And people forget the part where it, the verse it says that she had enough to feed her servants. Mm-hmm. She had people to help her. Mm-hmm. It is my belief that God has called women to business. Yeah. Because it talks about her husband. Her husband was sitting at the city gates, which means that he was 
in the position of government, in the position of overseeing. Mm -hmm. And she really, if you want to say it, I'm bold enough <laughs> to say it, she brought home the bacon. Yeah. Sis made the decisions for the family. Like, she was very intuitive when it came to business, and each business that she had produced for the next business. Yeah. And it talked about how her family only wore the finest of linens. Mm -hmm. People came to her for the merchant. Like, I yeah. need something I'm coming to you for. And when, as a woman, when you unlock that, when you realize that you are destined to be that, mm -hmm. and it also says not everybody will be that because everybody's not going to have the ability to get to that place. Yeah. But when you are called into entrepreneurship, when you are chosen, you are a part of the virtuous woman movement. Yeah. And women really need to understand that. I told you, my, my husband's uh, business itself is a multi-million dollar earner. Mm -hmm. um, well, gross. And so, I told him, I'm going to retire you. And he was like, I said, I'm going to retire you. Period. And when Tabitha Brown said she retired her husband and people... I said, y'all fools. Y'all are attacking crazy. her. Because let me tell you something. While she's on the move, she's doing these appearances, she's doing all of these things, she's operating in her purpose. Right. And because she's operating in her purpose, now her husband gets to operate in his purpose. Absolutely. Because he doesn't have the burden of, of I got to make ends meet, ends meet for right. my family. Her purpose, bringing the ends in. Yeah. Now he gets to walk in his purpose and he gets to be with her to oversee the entire business. Yeah. I said, I can't be traveling to all of these places because <laughs> that Pastor Erica Lake already said I'll be traveling. Like, <laughs> you know, she already said this was going to happen and it happened. So she right. said I'm going to be traveling. And I've had so many people come and speak to me. Like, I see you worldwide. I see you nations. And I see that for myself too. And for me to be saying that now, I, I used to not say it because I'm like, ooh, that's too ambitious. No, it's not. Oh, I can't say that. No, I see myself traveling worldwide. I see myself on stages with thousands of, of women like coming to hear what I have to say. Yeah. I saw a video of Sarah Jake walking on the stage in an arena. Mm -hmm. And you know how you see on TV, like they looking at something else, but it's them. Mm -hmm. Like I had one of those moments. Yeah. And it was me walking on stage and I had on all black and it was something long and flowy. And my husband was walking on stage with Ooh. me. And I got chills. I literally threw my phone. I ain't this no lie. Promise to God. I threw the phone. Wow. Because I felt like I was crazy for a second. Like, it was so crystal clear mm -hmm. what I saw. And I denied it for a long time. I'm like, no. I can't be that. <laughs> but now I'm like... Heck yeah. Yeah. That's about to happen. And I feel like entrepreneurs, we need to embrace our craziness. Yeah. It takes, I would say, a crazy person to believe what I write on my paper. You were talking about, like, the importance of writing things down. It takes a crazy person to believe that what I write down, I can actually manifest. I can actually work hard and see it come in real yes. life. My husband said, because we are both entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. so that's a whole nother episode in itself. <laughs> And he was like, you have to have a certain level of crazy mm -hmm. to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. He said, if you don't have that, you can't. Because you literally saying, I'm not going to depend on any human person. I'm making this happen on my own. Or a false sense of security. Yes. Yeah. And I said, you know what? You're right. 
So I'm out in these streets super crazy. Like, <laughs> I, I love it. We're doing a conference in October. Come on. And I'm going to be right there. And it is uh, the plan to win weekend experience mm-hmm. because people don't win because we don't plan to win. Yeah. Like, you have to plan to win. And the theme is shifting into the year of one. Like W O N, so you have to already feel as if you won in yeah. order to win. The race is won before it even starts. Yeah, and people need to understand that. And so when you grasp that, you you put yourself in a better position. Mm-hmm. Your positioning. Um, so I'm like, they're like, well, how many? I said, I'm, I'm starting out at a hundred, and then we're gonna we'll go up from there. Absolutely. Like, it's it's gonna be big, mm-hmm. and the the execution, the way I'm maneuvering in this, I haven't maneuvered in anything like this. Yeah. So I'm like, God, you really done you you shifted me. Like, yeah. I am really evolving into this this person. But I had to in order to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. I can't. I'm here at this level, but I can't be in this in this here. I have to become the there. Yeah. And I can't go there until I become the yeah. there here, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Then I can go because then I'm, I'm ready. I can't handle what he wants to give me being the same person mm. that I am right now. Right. And so the evolution and the shift has, has started. We were in Aspen. The house was gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I woke up. I sat in the bed. It was a king-size bed. And the room was like... An apartment just by itself. I looked at my husband. I said, "We are rich." It's like can you look at him sometimes? Like you are the most random person. And I was like, "Nah, like I really feel like I am rich." And I said, "Rich financial, financially, rich mentally, rich in my health, rich in my family, like rich in my life. Like I really feel rich." Mm-hmm. And from that day. I have been walking around here like a rich girl. Because like, you are rich. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, I feel that thing. Like, <laughs> I said, Quincy, you know, I wish you could be in my body. Because it feel. changes your whole being. It does. It yes. does. You got to see it before you see it. You exactly. got to be it before you actually, I don't want to say become it, because no. I just think yeah. like. You have to be it before you become it. It's already in yeah. you. That be it before you become it is becoming. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all rich? <laughs> Y'all feeling rich today? <laughs> honestly, though. Because I am. Honestly. So one more question that I want to ask you, and then we're going to move into our soul food section. So does everything that your hands touch turn to gold? Period. Or- <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> People don't want to say, I didn't want to say it for a while, but period. On my live this morning, I said, I promise Everybody who stays connected to me, mm-hmm. who stays attached to me, you are going to win. Because mm-hmm. there is an anointing on my life, and I am bold enough to say it because big God going to back it up. Talk about it. There is an anointing on my life that literally everything that I have touched has prospered. Mm-hmm. Every single thing. Yeah. People who I have coached. Yeah. I remember one, one of my mentees, for example, came in. And she had this dream about the school. Um, she wanted to open up a school. She wanted to open, start um, recording videos for her hair and have like her little online academy and where people can come 
and then an actual school where the people can come and get licensed and all of that. And we were talking, and you know, we laid down some strategies and some things. And more than the strategies, I spoke life into her. Yeah. So I do a lot of that in my when I coach. I'm a different type of coach. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't want to talk about God and faith and stuff, then don't even sign up. Yeah. Because I'm not gonna stop because you don't want to hear it. Right. But. That's why I serve faith-based women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because I understand the importance of speaking life onto her and, and shifting her mindset. Honey got her DVDs out. She has done her classes. And she is enrolling people in her school. And she wow. didn't even complete the whole program. Mm-hmm. She got what she needed. Yeah. And I'm like, but it was the alignment. Yeah. The attachment. And if I touch it, let me rephrase that. If I touch it, I'm supposed to touch it. Ooh. Let me rephrase that. Ooh, I was supposed to touch it. Yes, everything. Because you're not supposed to touch everything. I'm not supposed to touch everything. So everything that I'm supposed to touch turns to gold. Yeah. Like. I love that. There, there's no, my song that I've been rocking for the last three years is I Am Unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And when I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, this is my year. And it's my year because I'm actually believing that it's my year. I actually believe I am unstoppable. I actually believe that me talking to Terry, you know, who is a multi seven figure earner, no seven, eight figure earner, because she's in the double digits, Mm -hmm. not just like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine million, like add another number to that. So she is an eight figure earner. And to be, feel confident next to her, like, It's gonna be me one day, too. Right, real soon. Right, like it's it's crazy. One thing that I just want to repeat that you said. You said this is my year to win because I believe. Is that what you said? Yep. Because I believe. Because I said it. Because I believe it. So it all starts with your belief. Yep. A mindset shift. Everything starts with you. If you ain't right, your business ain't right. Mm. I need to trademark it because that's mine. If you can it. use it, <laughs> but you better say Jessica Renee said or put the little dash in the Jessica Renee. But if you ain't right, your business ain't right. Right. And everything starts with you, your mm-hmm. mentality. Yeah. What you have on the inside. And if you can't get that together, your business is gonna be a reflection of what how you think and feel. Yeah. Y'all. And just the the, the mentality like you say that you have, and I was gonna ask another question but now I just feel like it's pointless because even when you do experience challenges you know that it's okay like yeah. it's bound to happen but I'm not focusing on these challenges I'm focusing on solutions solutions exactly and exactly. God is backing you you said right. that earlier exactly people always say oh my gosh I'm a... I said okay what's the solution yeah. we keep talking about the issue what's the solution here right. like talking about the issue ain't gonna change nothing not but thing. the the solution is the thing that's that's going to um that's going to change something. If it's something you said, um, just a minute. Oh, yes, there will be trials. Mm-hmm. And the trial is the same. But what makes it different is the person. Mm. So when your mentality is right, your mentality is together, what was brought to you to cause you pain doesn't have a reaction at all. Mm-hmm. It's not that the, the, the situations became easier. It's how you maneuvered and your thought process became easier. Yeah. So when those situations came, you didn't 
harp on it. Mm-hmm. You didn't stay in it. That perspective. Right. You you kept moving through it. Yeah. And a lot of people get stuck in the situation, and so it seems like it's so great and it's so big. And the more you think on think about it, the more you grow it, the more you manifest in it. Yeah. I tell my kids, you got five minutes. <laughs> After it. five minutes, it's over. Time to move. Like yeah. because I do think we we do have to process things. Yeah. So you got five minutes. After that, it's it's done. Like, you know, what's the song? I wish I had a time machine. <laughs> like, we don't have time machines. We can't we go don't. back. We can't undo what is done. It's done already. So now yeah. you need to focus on how you're going to move forward from it. Absolutely. You make wrong decisions, so what? Yeah. Who doesn't? It's done. Mm-hmm. You can't go undo the wrong decision. But what you can do is correct. Right. So it doesn't happen again. Yeah. And I honestly think we learn the most from those trials, those challenges. We we celebrate being on the mountaintop, but you don't really learn that much on the mountaintop. You don't. I mean, you can reflect on it and learn some stuff, but it's the it's the incline. Right, it's the climb. Thank you so much. You're this welcome. was good, y'all. We're about to transition into our soul food section, which is basically our speed round. Okay. So those of you watching, y'all know I'm from King Street, South Carolina, which is a very country yes. small town. <laughs> And I come from a family that cooks very well. I love soul food. So I want to start off this round with asking you, what's your favorite soul food dish? Macaroni and cheese. Everybody <laughs> says that. I love it. I have not had, well, one of my guests said seafood macaroni and cheese. But everybody says macaroni and cheese. Like, crazy. dinner ain't dinner. Soul food <laughs> dinner ain't soul food dinner without macaroni and cheese. Like, you cannot have collards because you might have green beans and butter beans. Mm-hmm. But... Where's the mac and cheese? Like, <laughs> right. go to Thanksgiving dinner and don't have mac and cheese. Right. People gonna be like, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> it's the mac and cheese. Okay, so next, can you give me a crock pot story? I feel like we live in an age right now where things are very microwavable. People want stuff instantly. So tell me about something that had to slow cook in the crock pot. Me. Mm. <laughs> you. Me. I had to slow cook in a hot pot. I had to go through the transitions. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to go through the experiences. And it wasn't anything that was just going to happen fast. Yeah. And because I was crock popped, <laughs> um, everything that has happened is now able to move fast. People don't people don't understand that. It's it's don't let that go over your head. That <laughs> made me get up. They don't understand that. Because you had the slow cook, now everything moves fast. Exactly. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was prepared. Okay. <laughs> I, I I could harp on that, but this is our speed round, so I'm going to just do y'all a favor and keep it going. <laughs> so next question. Can you give me your go-to? You know we have that one soul food meal that no matter what, it never disappoints. What is your go-to? What keeps you motivated and inspired as a businesswoman? Um, my relationship with God mm-hmm. um, sitting in that making that priority yeah because a lot of my business ideas and things come from when I spend time with God yeah read my Bible something that's then I'm like God oh, that it was just hits you. right there yeah yeah so that that keeps me going when 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 I stray away from God mm-hmm. so does all the brilliance that I have mm. it's like dang I can't think of nothing and you can feel it what am I supposed to say yeah so it's really connecting to him and then asking him to connect me to what I need to be connected to mm-hmm. so there are certain people who I listen to who I follow because you have to be careful with your ear gates yeah what you're putting in um, and especially when you get to 
a level where you're aware mm-hmm. of your your being and your existence and who you are in your relationship. Now certain things that you once could hear and listen to you can't anymore because they mm-hmm. they irritate yeah your your spirit. Like my husband loves watching uh, Forty Eight Hours, the the is. murder show. Okay, first Forty Eight. Okay. I said, I can't watch that anymore, Quincy. Like, I go to sleep and, and my, my dreams because my I'm so open mm. and exposed. So I literally have to guard what comes in. So when people come, oh, let me tell you such a... I'll be like, okay, girl, let me call you back. All right. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, and you don't care for real. Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I really don't. So, you know, just going back to the word and then the people that he's positioned for me to to listen to mm-hmm. um, it, it keeps me going because you, you always have to keep putting it in yeah. you can't ever stop you, you always have to learn mm-hmm. there, there's not a point where you stop learning you always have to be a, a, um, under someone's tutelage yeah. it says that in the bible seek wise counsel every successful person says that every person that I've interviewed on this podcast says like you always have to remain a student yeah period because yeah. once you the day you stop becoming a student is the day your career stops. Mm. The day your level of knowledge stops because you don't know everything. Yeah. You'll never know everything. Right. And so your goal is to continue to learn as much as you can mm-hmm. while you can. And every level comes with a different group of people. Yeah. So I'm getting to a level that's unfamiliar for me, like being a six and seven figure coach. What does that look like? Yeah. I have no I have the ability, but I don't know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So I need to go and be under someone's tutelage to learn what that looks like. Like we, we all need a representation of where we're trying to go because you've never been there. Yeah. So And be willing to invest in yeah, it. Yeah. 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 That part. That part. So <laughs> when I made that investment, I was like, you know what? That's gonna come back. Yeah. And the more money you invest, the more you, you actually work towards getting out um, what you're supposed to get out. That's why I stopped low-ticket offers. Mm. Like, I'm not doing low-ticket offers because if you pay $97 for something, you really don't care if you show up or not. Mm. And I could do a lot of $97 offers and make a lot of money, but is that aligned with my purpose? Right. My purpose is to reach, teach, impact, empower, and inspire. Mm-hmm. I can't do that with somebody who ain't willing to show up for themselves. Right. So if the investment amount goes up, then I'm only attracting those people who are really serious and then I'm more impactful in that area. You're preaching to me. <laughs> you are preaching to me. Oh my gosh. The next question, once we eat a really good meal, we get kind of tired. Right. We land on the chair. What is something that you're tired of seeing or you're sick of seeing as far as it relates to like money or business? I'm sick of seeing everybody use money as a way, as the reason to start a business. Mm. Um, I say six-figure blueprint because I just use the word six-figure because I'm giving you your candy, but when you come in, you're going to get your medicine. Mm. But it's not, I don't, I don't teach money, yeah. money, money, money. Right. I don't teach um I teach money as the tool. It's the benefit. Right. Um, And so I'm sick of everybody out here putting on these unrealistic lives. And it's good to show the highlights, but where are the lowlights? Yeah. Like, where where does it balance? Um, And so now people are 
starting businesses on the idea of a fantasy, mm-hmm. not a purpose. I'm sick of that. Like yeah. I am, I am so sick of that because it's not real. Yeah. And I just want to touch on that because I feel like when you don't get into business for the right reasons, it's not sustainable. It's not. Yeah. It is not because sustainable. business is hard. hard. <laughs> you really got to want to do what you're doing yeah. to stay in it. That's why entrepreneurship has such a hard turn, a high turnover. Mm-hmm. Because people are coming in for the wrong reasons. It's like the hair game. Mm. People want to become cosmetologists because they see the money that is in they, but they don't understand yeah. what it takes to sustain them in that clients, industry. Y'all got to deal with them personalities. Yeah. That dumping. Yep. Within the first three years, they're out the door. Wow. It has the highest turnover rate mm-hmm. because people are coming in for the money. Yeah. I want you to come in for the purpose. Yeah. It was crazy because I watched Mike Todd's thing too. And when he was talking about um, that you have more, you want more money because money allows you to be more purposeful. Mm-hmm. Girl, I almost threw the remote at the TV <laughs> because i just been posting about that like yeah. two weeks up to watching this. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been hashtagging uh, purpose over profits. Yeah. Like really preaching that. And um, I was on a live with somebody last Wednesday. Last Thursday, I did a, a live, and I said, ask me why I want to be a multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, why do you want to be a multimillionaire? Mm-hmm. I said, because then I have access to resources to do more. I can fund more people's businesses. Yeah. I can create more programs. I can hire people so I can expand. All of that. I said, so then I can create generational wealth. So mm-hmm. now my children and my children's children don't have to decide on what they want to do because of the money. Yeah. Now, the money is there, so they literally can walk fully in their purpose. Mm-hmm. I said, that's why I want to be a multimillionaire. Absolutely. I've been having a G-Wagon. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's the benefit. Like, right. I ain't going to sit here and say, I don't want to have a G-Wagon, but I want to have a G-Wagon because I feel like it, it solidifies me. I want right. to have a G-Wagon because I feel like it's a luxury Jeep. Like, yeah. I like Jeeps. You like it. Like, yeah. I like it. So, I want to be able to go on vacation because I need to unwind. Like, I want to be able to experience those things. Right. So, money is what's going to allow those things to happen. Right. It's the tool. The, that's why that's I want to be a multimillionaire. Yeah. And then to watch on Monday, my Todd's thing, I was like. Exactly. Like, exactly. Okay. In, in that moment. In that moment. That's where God was saying to me, I told you you are who I said you are. Yeah. Because this is somebody who you are looking at. And you are, I'm going to be bold enough, We to a point we we idolize it. Like, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, my God. Like, they're superhuman. Yes. Like, like you're not just a regular, regular Joe. Right. Know? Like, you're Mike Todd. Yeah. You know? And he never comes off like, I'm Mike Todd. It's just like. How we perceive right. him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we perceive him in a way he doesn't even perceive himself. Right. And so, you know, it was like, oh, wow, look at that platform. Look at this. Look at the ministry. Look at that. Da, da, da. And then God brought up, like, I told him that. Mm-hmm. But I also told you that. Yeah. So why, why, what you tripping about? Exactly. Like, there, there, There is no hierarchy when it comes to the people in my kingdom. Right. There is, I chose you to say this and you say it. Yeah. I chose you to do this and you do it. And are you going to listen and obey? Exactly. I was literally just having this conversation with my friends probably like two weeks ago. And I was telling them like, the reason why I want to be rich and wealthy. And I believe that more good people need to be rich. They do. They do. A lot of good people don't have access to do more good 
So we're out here penny and diming. But my thing is, if you have the resources, you can do so much more. Exactly. So much more. And, and it's, but it's a lot of good people are trapped into a poverty mindset. Yeah. Like we're taught in order to be good, you can't have this. You have to be so modest and you have to be so humble. And I'm like, do y'all know what humble means? Like literally humble, but if, if you're in the spiritual realm, mm -hmm. humble is just acknowledging that God did this. Yeah. Like I'm not self-made. Like yeah. there's no possible way that I would have the ability to make any of this happen. Right. God did this. Yeah. That's humble, mm -hmm. right? So why 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 can't I have nice things if that's what I desire? Yeah. If that's what I want. Anybody who was in a high position in the Bible, I ain't never the God ain't never spoke about them struggling. It was very talk clear about it. on what they wore and how they looked and what they possessed. And even when you talk about Ruth, or was it <laughs> Esther? I get them confused. Which one? I think it was Esther who was the king's wife. Was it Esther? I don't know. Yeah, she helped free the, I think so. Bible heads, y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> We're not going to harp on the name. We're going to harp on the context of right. what I'm saying. But the Bible went on to talk about how she was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And because she was beautiful, and it talked about her shape, and she had a nice shape, and she was so well put together. Yeah. But because of that, she was highly favored by the king. Mm -hmm. And because she was highly favored by the king, she was able to help free her people. Yeah. Because she had influence. When I read that, I said, how dare I feel some type of way because I'm pretty? Mm -hmm. How dare I feel some type of way because I'm naturally shaped? Yeah. How dare I try to hide that? It is a part of my influence. Yeah. I am going to draw a certain type of people or particular people because of my appearance. Yeah. I said I was created for that. And my thing is, what I had to get through my head is that Everything that God blesses with our gifts, our things that come naturally to us, they have nothing to do with us. Nothing. Like, we reap the benefits, but yes. they have absolutely nothing to do with exactly. us. Exactly. So, anybody listening right now, I just want you to walk in your light, walk in yes. your confidence, walk in your authenticity, because it's only one you. And your one you honestly has nothing to do with you. Period. Nothing. <laughs> okay, our last and final question can you give us some final words of wisdom? This is the, mm, this is good. Okay. So, you know, you take that bite into that macaroni and cheese, you're like, okay, this hitting. Right. Give my community something to just close us out. My words of wisdom is to take a moment or a few, however many moments it takes you, and we can figure out, and not figure out, ask God what is your purpose mm -hmm. and what is it that you're supposed to be doing. And when he gives you that, ask them, now how do I go about this? The other thing is to really understand who you are, learn to love who you are, and to walk boldly in who you are. Yeah. That right there is going to be a pivotal moment that is going to change the trajectory of your entire life. Mm. <laughs> Period. Period. Jessica, thank you so much for being on. You're welcome. I know that everybody who watches this, who listens to this, is going to gain so much value. Me sitting next yes. to you, I gain so much value. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you, you for so having much. me on. This was fun. Can you tell my people where they can follow you, how they can support you, how they can just learn more about Jessica? 
Yes, so I am on almost all social media platforms, um, except for LinkedIn. I'm on there, but I'm not on there. <laughs> um, but you can find me at the Jessica Renee, and that's spelled T H E J E S S I C A R E N E E. Um, so Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Um, I ain't, I don't be on Snapchat like that, y'all. So don't be trying to find me. <laughs> um, it's a totally different name on Snapchat. On um, TikTok. Um, also, you can visit my website. It is thejessicarenee.com. Or you can go to thejessicarenee.com slash links if you just want to see what I got going on real quick, easy. Um, and so make sure y'all connect. Make sure you guys follow. Um, go to one of those sites to see how I may um, can be of assistance for you. Um, I have a lot of free content. A lot. That will get your life together. So, Join them live. Yeah. IG. Start now. <laughs> like, start there. And then, because, you know, you got to build trust. Right. We, we, we're new. We're newly dating, I like to tell people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to build trust in each other before, I, you know, I'm like, yeah, come into my $2,700 program. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, so soak up the free content. Yeah. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. I appreciate y'all for listening to another episode on the Responsible Homegirl Podcast. Always remember, with exposure, execution, and consistency, there is absolutely nothing you can't do. See y'all next time. Bye.